I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to Gloucester Island, Massachusetts. 1966. The movie this week is... The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. An MGM film with Carl Reiner, Eva Marie Saint, Alan Arkin, and my brother's favorite, Jonathan Winters. Oh, really? Yeah. He did love him some Jonathan Winters. It was directed by, it was directed and produced by Norman Jewison. He's a very famous director. He also directed In the Heat of the Night, The Thomas Crown Affair, Fiddler on the Roof, Jesus Christ Superstar, Moonstruck, and The Hurricane, among other films. Wow, he is diverse. Mm-hmm. Wow, an MGM film? Have we done one that was an MGM? I, uh, yeah, I think we've done some. One, a few. Okay. You know, MGM is MGM because they, they had a string. They, yeah, and they were a, a dynasty. Yes. So, so it's, it, okay, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's, uh, the screenplay was by William Rose, who also wrote It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I saw similarities. And guess who's coming to dinner? What? Mm, re- remember, we brought him up. Excellent. And it, it was a book first. Mm-hmm. It was based on the novel by Nathaniel Benchley called The Off-Islanders. See, you don't get this information from just any podcast. And listen. if that last name sounds a bit familiar, it's because his son Peter wrote Jaws. Damn. And his father was also like a world famous humorist, I believe. And humorous it is. <laughs> It is. <laughs> and Aaron, why did you want to do The Russians Are Coming? I wanted to do The Russians Are Coming because I listened to a podcast by Larry Wilmore called Black on the Air. And he had Carl Reiner on as a guest. And they were talking about things. And Larry Wilmore brought up The Russians Are Coming. And he said, if you haven't seen this movie, you should see it. And I also thought, you know, given the news and everything. <laughs> Maybe the Russians are already here. Exactly. Uh, uh, the sequel will be the Russians bought the election. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it op- the opening credits are going while we see an American flag and patriotic music, American patriotic music, and then a Russian flag and what I assume is Russian patriotic music. Oh, yes. You are actually 100% correct. The opening song or uh, title credits they alternate between Yankee Doodle and a Russian song called Polishinko Pol which <laughs> I believe that's correctly I believe loosely translated it is um something like about the fields it's I looked up I looked up um the lyrics of this and it's very Russian very down uh vodka any vodka? Not not vodka, but it's just like women go out to the road to cry as their soldiers go off to fight, and the yeah. enemy hates. They have so much hate in their heart. And I'm like, oh wow. wow, we we've got he's a Yankee Doodle dandy. <laughs> 
So <laughs> we're uplifted and they are. Also, you know, in the news of of late current events and affairs and whatnot, um, the flag. There's always been the you know the, the flag. I don't I don't know if our listeners quite know that. Pretty much every time you see an American flag when it isn't the flag on a pole, that's against the code of the American flag. So actually, pretty much every time we see the American flag, it's disrespectful to the flag. Um, but specifically, when the flag is vertical, the blue union should be on the uppermost left corner. Correct. And in the credits, in the end credits of this film, the blue union is on the upper right. Oh, disrespect. So, get, uh, people, get on your knees. I mean, you know, that's, disre- that's disrespecting the flag. And we are moving on to a uh, periscope comes. First, you just see this eyeball. Yeah, it's cool because it's all in black and white and you don't even know what it is at first. No. And then you because it's all, yeah, at first it's just black. And then you, you start to see something coming into focus and it's this huge eyeball. And then you realize it's a periscope of a submarine. Um, I. And and the um, the needle on the controls in the submarine just kept going, um, less getting less and less. I thought they were diving deep, but I think they were actually surfacing. I wonder if that was surf. Yeah, maybe they were. Yeah, or if it had something to do with the like the ground, the sonar of the ground, and how much ground. How much ground was left? Maybe. That's what it I don't been. know. We we're really like the two of us know very little about submarines. We are army people. Yeah, I'm not even sure how the science works with all yeah, that. Yeah, I stuff. don't either. But the, but there was Russian going on the entire time. People speaking Russian, and you could tell that. Um, amazingly, neither of us know any Russian. Yet. <laughs> and um, wait. Oh man, I used to know like whatever it was when you when you toast in Russian. My daddy taught me that. Prost, dasvidalia, dasvidalia, dasvidalia. Yeah, there you go. I knew that. So there's Russian going on, Russian going on, and I actually wrote down uh, how are they not cracking up because they are obviously speaking gibberish. I don't think they were speaking gibberish though. They weren't. I found out. (laughs) Alan Arkin is fluent in Russian. Yeah, this was his first movie. Really? Yep. His film debut. Oh, Alan Arkin is a funny man. He was fantastic in this. Oh, my God. So so the Russians are all yelling at each other, yelling at each other. You know there's a problem. Um, At one point, I could figure out they were saying, hurry up. A lot of times the Russians sounded very German. Well, uh, I believe it's... um it's probably a germanic language i'm sure you know i don't believe it's of the romance languages no 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 i believe it's of the hard scrabble languages yeah. the yeah. i believe they're referred to as the hard knock hard knock life languages <laughs> and an alarm goes off on the submarine Bauga! and then Bauga! a huge collision which, when I was a little girl, we used to watch 20,000 
leagues under the sea sea, or it was a tv show and and it was in a submarine it was science fiction in the 60s so it was so well done and um every week they would have an accident and everybody would go topsy-turvy so i just laughed because it reminded me of that don't you think that when you first see freddie uh (laughs) sorry alan arkin that he looks like a russian freddie mercury um, I didn't think that, but he is definitely, um, I mean, he's not funny looking, haha, but he looks like he's going to be humorous. He's just got this crazy must. It's not even a crazy mustache. It's just a mustache. And there's a lot to it. It's very uh, thick. So um, then the um, the captain of the submarine comes out at the top of the submarine and he's looking around and they see land. And then we see a rowboat taking um, sailors to the shore, rusky sailors to the shore. So the submarine run aground. It yes. ran into the ground. And before it ran into the ground, Alan Arkin and the captain were involved in an argument. At which point I really thought that they were speaking yeah. gibberish. Yeah, I, I was kind of like fumbling around with my remote going, does this have subtitles? What is no, that? That was so funny. <sighs> oh, And at one point they realize they are in America and they are freaking out. Right there. They landed on one of those islands off the coast of Massachusetts. Correct. And they're like, America? Because this is 1966. So this is the height of of the cold war i believe it's been four years since um the what it was it called in october they're like we all should have just been dead what was that the cuban missile crisis (laughs) yeah yeah that would be it yeah so so tensions are very very high at the moment between the united states and the soviet union and a soviet sub being off the coast of the united states uh, I mean, if we thought that putting the Soviets putting nuclear missiles in Cuba was a big deal, <laughs> this yeah. this is gonna this is gonna cause some shit. Indeed. So we see nine Ruskies. Is Rusky a uh, um, uh, um, derogatory? <laughs> term? I don't think so. If it is, we apologize. We don't mean it to be. Uh, offensive or in any way. I hope that they don't consider it the R word there. Yeah, I do too. Um, because it kind of goes with the film. Yeah, we're, we're, we're purely trying to be um, lighthearted and jovial. I'm sure that will come around and bite us in the ass and we'll have to issue an apology. <laughs> As it always does. But for As right it now, for your entertainment and enjoyment, Ruskies <laughs> will be used. For the rest of the podcast. It will be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The next scene, we we see somebody asleep in bed, and we hear this ball hitting the wall. Oh. Anybody who has ever been at recess has heard that ball hitting the wall yep. over and over again. I knew it. I was like, that is a tennis ball hitting an outside wall. I thought it might be wall ball, but it w- and Carl Reiner is asleep. If you don't know... Or you've only seen Carl Reiner recently as a young man. Well, he's always been hysterically funny. He, this is, 
he is in his element in this movie. He's he's very, but it's hmm, how would you describe his humor? It's very like it's sarcastic, but it's not sarcastic. Like he's sarcastic, but he's not in a mean way sarcastic. He's like cerebral sarcasm. Yeah, and spastic. Too. Yeah, he's kind of spastic about it. Well, wasn't the character of in the Dick Van Dyke show like he? I thought he created that show, so isn't he kind of like that? Like picture Dick Van Dyke from that, and that's kind of like yes, because in that show he was a a mean sarcastic person. Uh, um, so in this movie he has a uh, he has a good heart. Yes, but he's he's a nineteen fifties dad. Even though it's sixty six. Well, I don't know because he does say some things to Pete later on that did crack me up. Yeah, <laughs> and his wife as well. So Pete is the son, and he's outside playing tennis against the wall at a beach house, and it was a gorgeous beach house. Wow, there were no houses around. Obviously not today, and the Russians are sneaking up. And they're all in black and doing the classic sneak do do do. Dodging, what is it called? Dodging, weave, weave and dodge. Yeah. And um, so Carl Reiner and Eva Marie Saint is his wife, and they've rented this beach house, and it's time for them to go. So they're packing today uh, to go back to wherever they came from. Um, And she's serving breakfast, and the kid rushes in, and he's going. There are men outside creeping around, and they have guns. And Carl Reiner is saying, I got to work today. So I knew he was either a playwright or a screenwriter because he was saying he had to finish a um, a scene or something. Yeah. And Pete's saying, there, there are Ruskies in our garage. Oh, no, the Ruskies are in the garage. And they're getting Coca-Cola out. They're so excited to be drinking Coca-Cola. And they're pulling out a map that is shredded. And um, and Alan Arkin starts speaking in English. Yeah. So we're cutting back and forth between Pete and, and Carl Reiner and Eva Marie Saint in the house and the Russians who are in the garage. So Pete, now it's back to uh, in in the breakfast area and pete is saying there are nine of them and they could be russians yeah pete has already identified it he's like they're russians <laughs> pete is a smart ass little kid though. yeah but not in the he's in the annoying smart ass little kid yeah yeah to the point of needing some spanking yeah pete needs to get beat yeah pete needs a, a, t- a talking to with a fist so then um, Eva Marie Saint had said, well, Allison is going to come by and she's going to help me pack so you can concentrate on your writing. And then we hear a knock at the door, which they assume is going to be Allison. But uh, Carl Reiner is kind of like, well, wait, let me get the door. Because then he's thinking, well, you know, well, maybe Pete had a point here. So um, <laughs> there are two Russians who are speaking English in their heavy accents. They're trying to uh, pass as Americans. But they're trying to be super polite. Like Alan Arkin is like, no, he- hello, my my uh, good friend, salutations. 
Like yeah. just super, super polite, trying as hard as he can to not sound Russian. <laughs> exactly. And so you'll have to do the accent. I am very we, bad at it. We wish speak to you with about bots. Yeah, we wish speak to you about bots. And and he's going bots. 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 Yes. And bots. then he finds oh, oh boats. Yeah, boats. Boats. Yeah. So so we want we want uh, we want private boats. And Carl Reiner's going. There aren't any boats. And they're going. Come on. This is an island. There have to be boats. And Carl Reiner's going. Not on this part of the island. You have to go into town to find boats. At which point Pete comes out and goes, "Are you guys Russians?" Yeah. Pete just like has his little finger out. He's like, "You guys are Russians." <laughs> And Alan Arkin goes, no, we're Norwegians. Yeah. He's like, no, we are Norwegians. You, you know. small training for NATO. Yeah. And it's like, NATO? Yes, yes, that, yes. So then Pete goes again, are you Russians? And he goes, yes. And he's got a gun at this point because there's... So well, he says, no yeah. harm is coming to you. Um, don't be scared. And Pete's going, I'm not scared. And Alan Arkin goes, no harm is coming to you. There's no reason to get shot up into little pieces. Um, make borrowings of your automobile. And so they've got, the, they've got the whole family on a couch at this point. And Eva Marie Saint says, the keys to my car are in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> and so Alan Arkin is digging through everything in her bag to find the keys. Anyone with a big bag has been through this. And then finally, he gives it to Eva Marie Saint. Well, no, no, no. First, because she's like, they're in my purse. And he's like, purse, purse, purse. And then Carl Rogers like, your bag. And so they get the bag and it's one of, it's the second guy. And he's all looking through. He's looking through, looking through, can't find it. Alan Arkin takes the bag from him. He's all looking through. He's all looking through. Can't find it. Gives it to Eva Marie Saint. She's all looking through, looking through. And Carl <laughs> Reiner's all like trying to like look over her shoulder, looking through, looking through. Finally, she finds it. Which is that's so typical of what would truly happen uh -huh. in a situation like that. So um, Alan Arkin is saying he's leaving one of his buddies back with them in the family. And he's saying he will not have to shoot you into little pieces if you keep absolutely good behavior. And he cuts the wires to the phone. But he, he's rather smitten with Eva Marie Singh. <laughs> yeah, he goes back and does the enchante, the, the kiss on the top of the hand. And she's rather... I'm amused by it. You know, she's not like, oh disappointed. God. She's not offended by that. Not at all. She she's kind of liking it. So of course Pete runs to call the police because Pete is a little shit and he's not listening to his parents. You know what would have happened to you? Oh man! And, and Poppy so, would have been like, "Here, take her, shoot her." She should have been <laughs> quiet and listened to me. <laughs> she will find out what happens when she does not follow directions. Mm -hmm. See, this is what happens. You get shot in the pieces by Russians. Congratulations. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> At which point you hear it clamoring on the steps and the little sister is coming downstairs. She almost got shot. Oh, she almost got Swiss cheesed. So then it cuts to outside and there's a gorgeous blonde on a bike and she's biking. And the eight Ruskies pass her in this 
It looked like it could have been a Ford Falcon station wagon with the eight Russians piled in. It was just an old car to me. And so um, Dennis back in the house and, and Alan Arkin is saying, I ap- oh, or it might have been the, um, the, the, it was actually a very young, good-looking Russian who was staying back to watch the family. Yeah. That's right, because Alan Arkin was in the car. Because his name's Alexei. 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 And he apologizes for the incident of the little girl. Because he almost and shot the little girl. <laughs> he almost killed her. And the little girl is oblivious. She's just waving hi to everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, so they ask, where did you come from? And he says, the submarine boat. We're just, we just wanted a, to get a look at America. And then the sub went aground. And it's going to be World War III if we don't get a boat to pull our sub off the sandbar. Mm-hmm. And the family's going, oh, no, no, we won't start a war with you just because your ship went aground. Right. So back to the car. It runs out of gas. Alan, uh, uh, Carl Reiner had told them it was low on gas, and they thought he was just trying to keep them from using the car. So they decide to walk to town to get a boat. Now we're back with Pete, with the family. And um, so Pete's telling the Rusky, when you get captured, you're going to get shot. Yeah. And then Pete starts calling his father, Benedict Arnold, because he was, like, helping the Russians. Yeah, because the the father's kind of like, oh, they were in a submarine. They ran aground. This is going to be super bad if they're found out. Like, everybody's just going to jump to conclusion. So I just want them to just go about, like, get off here and we'll pretend like nothing ever happened. And Pete's all like, you're a traitor to your country. How do, why did you tell them about where the boats were? You're Benedict Arnold. And so that's affecting Carl Reiner. So he decides that while a little girl is eating breakfast, um, he's going to jump the Russian with, and get the gun back. Yeah, and even Marie Saint is like, um, this guy's taller than you, he's younger than you, he's got the gun. He's fitter than you. Yeah. Like, this is not going to end well. This is the worst idea you've ever come up with. So, um, Allison comes in at this point, and... Now, this is this is how you know... That or Carl Reiner's character is called his name is Walt Whitaker, and this is how you know that Walt Whitaker he knows how to think on his feet. So Allison is distracting because she's so beautiful. So Carl Reiner jumps on. Well, no, because Alex- he said because she comes in and Carl Reiner's like, "Oh, is that your brother? Is your brother here? Is that your brother at the coming up the stairs?" And that gets the Russian guy to turn around to look for the brother. And that's when Carl Reiner makes ah, his move. Excellent. And then the, then the scene is just, they're going <laughs> around the entire house with Carl Reiner on the back, trying to get the gun away from the Rusky. And they're tearing up the entire house. Everything's getting torn up. At which point a curtain rod gets stuck around the gun. Uh, it was funny. So um, Carl Reiner actually gets the gun and the Rusky runs away. And Pete goes, he's probably hiding right across that sand dune over there. 
And he was. Pete's pretty astute. Yeah. I mean, he, Pete probably ass. Pete probably grew up to be Dick Cheney, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't grow up to be. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. So, um, and, and Pete's going to his dad, you just let him get away. So now we cut to the Ruskies and they're sneaking into town, dodging and weaving, weaving and dodging into town. And an old lady who I called old lady Alice Kravitz is looking out the window. I think her name's Muriel. Her name is Muriel. And she sees them and she's using the old crank type telephone to call the police. And she tells the, uh, the operator. The operator, the Russians have landed. And at which time they, the Russians actually come in where she is and they cut her phone line. Mm -hmm. And they tie her to a chair and, sh and she had her chair hanging on the wall like uh, the Puritans used to do to save space. Oh. So they tie her to her chair hanging on the wall. Yeah. What? Yeah. She's tied to a chair hanging on the wall. So, Car did Carl Reiner went after? No. Who found the car? The car wouldn't start, so they push it to get it started. Well, didn't they take her car? They <gasps> That's took her right. Car. Her car was an old, old, old yeah. car. Yeah, so they took her car, They and they jump in, and then they have to jump out to push it to start it. Because they they're they're just trying to get to where the boat yard right. the boats are and the then, boat yard and then her husband comes out with the same weird ear that's how I knew that he was deaf because in some like it hot the the gangster guy had the same weird um, hearing thing oh contraption yeah it was the hearing contraption so I'm like oh this guy's deaf so he just comes in <laughs> and he doesn't even see Muriel hanging on the wall. And he's calling for Muriel, and she's, you know, gagged. And so he just sits down and then just starts eating his breakfast. And she's hanging behind him on the wall. And it's probably the um, most quiet but breakfast he's had in years. Well, he's deaf. So there, then the next thing we see a phone rigging, and it's Chief Maddox, and he's in bed. And the operator is telling him, Muriel said the Russians have landed. And Chief Maddox is like, yeah, Muriel's always saying something. You handle it. So then we're, <laughs> then we're back to Carl Reiner. And Carl, Carl Reiner is going into town to look for the Russians. And before he goes, Pete says something to him. And Carl Reiner looks at his wife and goes, if you want to hit him, it's all right with me. <laughs> he gets on the on the bike. Oh, because it was a girl's bike. And Pete made some comment about it being yeah. a girl's bike. And then he's like, if you want to hit him, it's okay. And so he hops on the bike and starts awkwardly pedaling away. He cannot get the hang of this bike. Yeah. yeah. So he is awkward on the bike the whole time. So... Um, Okay. The operator calls the chief back and says, Muriel's line is now dead. The whole circuit is out. Should I call the state police? Should I call the Coast Guard? And the um, chief of police, who is Brian Keith, goes, no, no, we don't want to, I mean, come on. 
it's probably nothing and we don't want to get these people involved for nothing. So now we see a new family and Chief Maddox wants you at the station, bring your gun. Well, because Chief Maddox told, he told somebody, maybe he told the operator, he was like, don't, don't tell a whole bunch of people, just get the boys together. And then he says, um, but make, make and you know, make sure they have their guns. Just tell them to bring their guns. So the operator calls all of like the guys and tells them, to bring their guns because she is assuming that they're if they're Russians they must have landed at the airport and so they must be Russian parachutists so now Russian parachutists have landed and yeah. we find out it is a Sunday oh. then we which is important later then we find Jonathan Winters and since he is a deputy He's gotten the call and he's fumbling to get his gun belt on. He hasn't worn it in years, obviously, because mm -hmm. it doesn't quite fit. He has seven kids at his seven. breakfast table. And he tells uh, tells his family, don't go outside. Easy to say to, for you. You're leaving. You're leaving the wife with seven kids in the house. And his wife is freaking out because she's like, well, if they're Russians, you know, I mean, what if they, what if they like... What if they try to rape me? And he's, what does he say? He says something like, well, get out of town, like hightail it out of here. She, Cause yeah. she's like, well, what if they come? And he's like, stay inside. Well, if they want to rape me, well, hightail it out of here. <laughs> Cause like, he doesn't have a clue. What yeah. So he's on his way to the airport. He's on his way to, to check with the chief. And he gets in his car, and his car is blocked by a neighbor. Mm -hmm. And the neighbor is saying, the Ruskies must be at the airport. So at this point, the operator obviously has told everybody. Yeah, so like news has spread, and it was like, oh, they must be at the airport, because that's, the chief was like, oh, I guess they flew in on the airport. And then when, when Jonathan Winter's deputy gets boxed in, he says, oh, they're, we're on our way to the airport. And then that goes, then the next guy who tells the next guy, all of a sudden, they, they captured the airport. So the Russians now, accord, like it's spreading like wildfire around this small town that the Russians have captured the airport. Right. We haven't been to the airport yet. Right. So new scene, the Ruskies are at the boatyard and they see this fine looking cruiser. And they want to get to it, but they have to go around to get to it. So it's not like they can just get to that cruiser. There's still a lot of sneaking and dodging and weaving for them to do. Um, and, and so they're on one side of this, uh, what do you call that? A little Like harbor? Little, yeah. And they have to get over to the other side to get to the boat. So Alan Arkin finds a car. And, um, but Carl Reiner is still riding his bike. Yeah. Cause all this stuff is inner. The whole movie's intercut between all these different things going on. It just keeps cutting uh -huh. back. And so it's really hard to keep track of. So Carl, you hear, go ahead. Then you hear this commotion coming and it, it, you, it, you think it might be a tank or something, but it's a motorcycle with a sidecar. Yeah. 
It's and there's cool. a woman at the post office. She's coming in looking for Muriel. And the old man's eating his breakfast. She sees Muriel on the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, and Muriel's going, the Russians. So we get back to the Ruskies. They're moving toward the church. I think, <laughs> is it Onward Christian Soldier that's being sung? Um, there is There is some music being played. And um, one of the Ruskies goes, it's Handel. And, and another one goes, no, it's Tchaikovsky. Um, but um, they keep moving. I, they didn't go into the church. I was, I was afraid of that. They go past the church. Now we're back at the police station where there's the chief and Jonathan Winters. Now we're back with the Ruskies, and they're entering a cleaner's. So, so they're going through a cleaner's, which my, is it the basement of the post office where they are i don't know i we i interrupted her mid gulp yeah i don't i don't know i i would get i would get confused on where they were but the the gag was that alan arkin was getting all the ruskies through the window but it kept closing on him oh yeah it closed on his head it closed on his middle section it closed on his feet now we're back with Carl Reiner, and he, he finally gets this awkward bike into town. And he's telling everybody to get out of town. No, he sees everybody getting out of town. Everybody's evacuating. And Carl Reiner's trying to get the people to understand it's not a big deal. They aren't attacking. They just need to get their boat, their submarine, off the sandbar. Mm-hmm. And the townsfolk look like in... Um, in Frankenstein, the mob scene where they're coming after the monster, they all have their little guns and, and they're all going after. So they're not listening to Carl Reiner. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to become quite uh, an international. Incident. Yeah, this is this is how World War Three begins. So the, the police chief, Brian Keefe, says there aren't any Russians. Um, don't start a panic. If we can just keep this thing quiet. So Carl Reiner and the police chief are on the same page, but nobody else mm-hmm. is. So then we see the men in town, and there's an old World War II veteran with his sword, his saber, in his uniform that doesn't fit anymore. And he's going, we need a leader. Let's do this the democratic way. And somebody shouts out, let's do this the Republican way. <laughs> yeah, that didn't make me laugh. <laughs> so this old man named Fendel, he says, I'll assume command. Um, and he says, we're going to be shooting. It was Agnes in the motorcycle, and the motorcycle was backfiring. Oh, we heard shooting. Oh, yeah. So the, 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 like basically the, in the town, um, all of the men, they've be- formed their militia. This is, this is their fighting force that is going to lead the counter- invasion of the russians and defend america and this fendel guy with his sword he's he's basically deputized himself as the de facto general of this and then so everybody's all in a panic everybody's like just freaking out because the russians have they've already captured the airport they think and they all of a sudden they hear this gunfire and it's coming closer and closer and they're the they're like all right get in your lines and they're Looking like they're in the Revolutionary War, <laughs> they've got their their lines out, and he's you know he's basically saying, if you've got a sword or, or a shotgun, don't fire till you see the whites of their eyes. 
and they're looking and they're waiting and coming like zooming like a bat out of hell around the corner is muriel in the sidecar and the motorcycle it's backfiring. it's backfiring and the reason that agnes can't see to drive the motorcycle is because muriel is holding a sign that says alert alert but she keeps losing the sign and it gets in front of agnes's face yeah so they almost take out the entire militia running through it and did you see some of the guns in the militia some of them were like muskets yeah there were some really old things that didn't look like they could shoot anymore not the case today today is town folk well if the russians tried invading I and mean, that's why they had to invade the way they did because if they tried it everybody's got ar-15s now so yeah yeah, it would not look like this uh, group. Anyway, so, and then uh, Fendel goes, if they want war, let it begin here. At which point the police chief arrives mm-hmm. and he tells him, go home. Yeah, he's like, come on, guys. Just go home. Break it off here. Just go home. And the chief is eating antacids. And uh, the chief goes, you go home. I'm going to the airport. And they're going, we're going. We're not. You can't make us go home. And he said, then just stay behind me. At which point, Jonathan Winters pulls a gun and uh, on Fendel, because the police chief has told him to go home, Fendel pulls his saber out. Yeah, because Fendel basically is saying, um, whoa, whoa, we're in, we're in war. You're, you're not the boss of us. I'm the boss now. And the police chief's like, what the hell are you talking about? I am a sworn official here. What did you do? You know? And that's when Jonathan Winters pulls the gun out and is like, seriously, bro? Like, this is the sheriff. This is the chief. <laughs> but he is, uh, yeah. So, it, uh, yeah. So, Fendel isn't scared. He pulls his saber. So, the police chief drives off and it is a line of cars following him. Now, the motorcycle with Agnes and Muriel crashes into the pastor's house because, again, the alert sign is in front of agnes's face yeah and when we say crash in the house it crashes up the, the front stairs <laughs> then jonathan winter has more guns and they decide they're all going into the bar yeah because the police chief left jonathan winters to because not everybody could go so he left jonathan winters to sort of um, organize the rest of the folk at which point the rest of the folk are like uh, let's just go to the bar. Yeah, yeah. And while I'm here, I'll have a double and a... Yeah. And Jonathan Winters keeps going, we've got to get organized. So, you know, the, the smart ones truly were at the bar getting blitzed. Mm-hmm. So Carl Reiner is back on the bike. And the the car cars are passing him in this in this motorcade following the police chief. And in the bar, they're listening to the radio, but the only thing they can, because they want to hear, you know, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And all they have are church services. (laughs) So Carl Reiner arrives at the bar. Now, we cut back to the house, the original house. Eva Marie Saint is parking. A car comes and says, Eva Marie Saint, you have to ride into town with me. And, um... Allison is going to stay with the kids and the original Rusky who is supposed to guard the family is still looking over the sand dune 
seeing, oh man, now Eva Marie Saint's gone. So there's only the pretty girl and the two kids. So. But didn't Eva Marie Saint take Pete? Oh, oh, she did take Pete. Yeah, so Pete just weaseled Allison his way. And Annie, the little uh-huh. girl. And uh, actually, the little girl sees the Rusky, and she waves at him again. Mm-hmm. Cut back to Carl Reiner, and he's in the bar, and he's telling Jonathan Winters what really happened. And he's saying, you know, a submarine came. At which point, Jonathan Winters goes, the Navy's involved, too? Because <laughs> the last they heard, it was just Russian parachutists. Yeah. All chaos breaks loose. Jonathan Winters decides he's got to call the president. <laughs> who at that time was Johnson, yes? It's 1966, I believe so. And Carl Reiner's going, no, no, no. We're not going to involve the president. Because if we involve the president, then it's going to get real. And the whole island is going to get bombed. So we're back at the operator. And the operator is saying, yes, the Russians have landed. Then we go back to the submarine, but I didn't write what happened there. Then we go back to Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner is taken by Alan Arkin. Yeah, some, I think he leaves. I think Alan Arkin oh, leaves, leaves the bar. Don't call the president and then he leaves. Yeah. Because he wants to get back with the Ruskies. Yeah, he so, wants to get back to his family. So he's All looking, right. at this point, he's looking for Alan Arkin, I oh. think, to, to, try to, to try to figure this all out. How they can still do this without, you know, without a lot of chaos. Well, Alan Arkin and uh, a long time ago, they had broken into this cleaners. And so Carl Reiner is with them and they're going, um, uh, and he's going, well, what happened to the original Rusky who was watching your family? And and Carl Renner goes, he ran away. And they're going, he would not have run away. He, he would have stayed by his duty station. So then Carl Renner's freaked out. He's got to get back to his family and make sure they're safe. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, Alan Arkin just wants to know, has the Navy been told we're here? You know, has, has anybody official been told? Because we just want, you know, we're trying to get out of here without anybody knowing. And, oh, this, it, the cleaners is under the operator, under the oh. telephone company. Because they're going, because Carl Reiner is now kind of befriending Alan Arkin, trying to get him out of here before World War Three does break out. So he's going, the communication center is upstairs. And um, he's saying, and Carl Reiner goes, are there parachutists? And... Alan Arkin's going, no, it's just us. And so he says, you've got to give yourselves up. And Alan Arkin goes, you help us get a boat quickly or World War III is going to come and everybody's going to blame you. So uh, Jonathan Winter uh, is at the post office, uh, postmen with guns to, oh, he is telling uh, people go to the post off, go to the boatyard. That's where the Russians are going to be. Go to the boatyard. The Russians go upstairs and capture the <laughs> the oh. operator, who is an elderly woman of sizable proportions, and they cut all of the all the phone lines. So there's no communications to the island. 
But the Russians look outside and see all these men with go- boat guns, guns. <laughs> going to the boatyard. Mm-hmm. You want to take it, Aaron? Um. So then... They have to have a plan to go to the airport. Yeah. But aren't... Wait. A plan to go to the airport? Because aren't the... The... When do they need a, a plane? Somebody tells somebody to plane? No, because they decide. Remember, the parachutists have, have taken over the airport? Oh. So the chief. Oh, they war. stopped. Yeah, they stopped. The chief, the whole caravan stops about a half a mile to the airport. And the sword guy, they're, they're like, well, why are you stopping? And they're like, well, if they did like parachute in. They kind of have this whole argument about whether and how they're going to... The the other guy wants to have a plan because he's like, they, they have the entire airport. We can't just drive up. And the chief's like, yeah, we can. We don't even know what's going on. We're just going to drive up. And the sword guy, Fendel, the, the militia guy, is like, that? no. And so he's like, whatever. So the, the chief just keeps on driving and they all get... The caravan keeps going. Right. So then we're back to Carl Reiner and Alan Arkin. All the phone lines have been cut. So they tie up Carl Reiner and the operator. And Carl Reiner tells them, you need to create a diversion so that you can get your Ruskies to the boatyard. So Carl Reiner tells him, you need to put on some of the clothes here, you know, so you don't look like Russians anymore. So they put... And the operator, isn't the operator like, why are you helping them? Yeah. Are you trying to help them? Um, So they all put on um, civilian clothes. They all have a top hat. Not a top hat. What's that kind of hat called? I think. uh, A fedora. uh, Yeah. A fedora. And they all have a raincoat on. So they all look like G-men. So now we're back at the original house. Original, mm-hmm. uh, the original, and the original Rusky is back there, and that's basically he, Allison, who's the the pretty girl, and the Russian guy Alexi. There, there's some sparks there, and definitely sparks there. They they make a very good looking. Yeah, girl. and she's like, I'm not frightened. Um, he's like, you don't have to be frightened, and she's like, oh, I'm not frightened. And then we cut back to the airport. And the only person at the airport is the mechanic. Uh, describe the airport, Aaron. This airport that was going to be taken over by the Russians. The airport that is taken over by the Russians is, well, it's just a field with a single rusted One plane. Shack. Yeah, a shack and a single rusted plane. And a guy who's an airplane mechanic who, I don't know, maybe he's a savant in that way where... He's really good at, at fixing huge, heavy objects that go flying in the air and defy physics. But he he certainly comes across as like dumber than dirt. And I'm like, whoa, what? Are we sure that anything this guy works on flies? And from the look of the plane, it hasn't flown in forever. Yeah. Because it's rusted. That's the airport. That's it. So that's it. We're worried about the Russians taking the airport. There's nothing there to take. Yeah. Okay. So um, 
they get to the airport. They ask this this feeble-minded guy, have you seen any Russians? And he goes, he hadn't seen nothing. So the police chief is laughing. Um, but the airport telephone is out of service. So then the police chief goes, we're going to Muriel's. Everybody else go home. And again, they're going, we're not going home. Okay, just stay behind the chief. Um, so Alan Arkin is, is telling everybody, this is an emergency. Everybody to get from street, and they're all in their cleaner's clothes. So th- they're, so they're rehearsing. Because as they're going to go about, they're going to go, emergency. Everybody <laughs> get from street. Emergency. <laughs> Everybody get from street. And the more they say it, the more it's going to sound English. Yeah. They're just practicing, practicing, practice. Practice makes perfect. And now we're back with Carl Reiner and the operator tied up together, back to back. Mm-hmm. And they can't do anything. They're just back to back, seated, seated in chairs. Now we cut back to the house with uh, the love connection going on. Yeah. Allison made him some food. She's telling him, don't be afraid. Nobody will hurt you. That's when they share their names. She's Allison, somebody. He's Alexa Cochin. Alexa. Alexei. Alexei. She's going, Alexa, Alexi, Alexei. Alexei. And I wrote down moment. (laughs) And share a moment. It is a share moment. Now, there's a comic thread that keeps cutting. They keep cutting to Carl Reiner and the operator trying to synchronize their movements so that they can get themselves untied. And that is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Cuz whatever Carl Reiner is telling her to do, she's doing the opposite. So it and there's another comic thread because the town drunk has asked what he can do and I think Jonathan Winters told him he has a horse. Go get your horse and go tell the people down at the bayou or wherever um, be careful because the Russians are coming. Yeah, he basically tells, like, go be Paul Revere. Right. And so the drunk cannot catch his horse. Who has the mange, I believe? Yeah. Yeah, not a, not a fit-looking horse. but And yeah. the horse does not... The, the, the way the horse was running away from the drunk made me wonder, how drunk <gasps> has this guy been? <laughs> oh, God. We're not getting... We're not... It's PG, Aaron. We're not going there. I'm just saying that drunk, that drunk, that horse was like, no, 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 no. Reminded me of your brother in the German doctor's office. No, you got me once. You're not getting nope. me a second time. Nope. Mm-mm. That thermometer is going nowhere other than my mouth, people. Nope. Okay, so we're back to the Ruskies, and they actually are able to get the sub off the sandbar yep they, they they were able to do it on their own i think they if i uh, if i could surmise my russian correctly i believe they figured out that the bottom where they were stuck it was soft and i think if they kind of had everybody maybe go to the back of the sub that they could maybe dislodge it sort of a weight yeah, displacement the sub thing. or something yeah it was something but they figured it out they figured it out the problem has been solved except for the problem all over the island. Yeah, because they can't leave while they still have their eight guy, eight, nine guys nine on guys, the island. Yeah, on the island. At this point, Eva Marie Saint arrives. Where does she arrive? 
Hmm. Wherever Carl Reiner is. Like the post, the operator place. She arrives into town. And at this point, Carl Reiner and the operator have managed to <laughs> you stand upright and start to go down the steps outside of the uh, telephone company. And they have finally managed to disengage and untie themselves. Well, yeah, because they fell down the steps. Yeah, they did. <laughs> so you hear gunfire. And the vigilantes are running. Um, so Alan Arkin can get the boat. Oh, Carl Reiner told him, yeah. shoot off the guns far away from the boatyard. So that all the vigilantes will go that direction, then Carl, then Alan Arkin can get the boat, and then he'll pick up the the other guys and get back to the submarine. Yeah, that's their distraction plan. Because they still have on those American clothes that make them look like Americans. Emergency! Everybody get from street. So uh, Alan Arkin was in a VW. He he abandoned it. Eva Marie Saint and Pete find Carl Reiner and the operator. Alexei and Allison are with Anna playing in the surf. Yeah, so Alan Arkin has the black VW because he's going back to the house to get Alexi. Right, because he's not going to leave Alexi right. on the island. Alexi would have been fine to stay. Um, yeah, because they're on Alexi and Allison. Are ta- are on out on the beach with Annie, frolicking much like Jack Lemon and Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alexei is saying, "Americans mistrust, but I do not. I wish not to hate anybody. This make good reason to you, Allison Palmer." Uh, and um, Allison goes, everything is completed for me. Oh, no, the, that's the Rusky. Everything is completed for me. He's sure he's going to get arrested and have to go away. And he's kind of asking her, will you come visit me in jail? Mm-hmm. So now Carl Reiner is berating his wife for having not followed her directions and leaving uh, Allison and Annie where this bad Rusky can get them. And um, so they're on their way back to get Andy. Then the police chief goes, where did everybody go? And they pass Alan. Well, that didn't make sense. They pass Alan Arkin in the VW, followed by Carl Reiner. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a whole the whole caravan again behind the police chief. And they're off to find they're still looking for the Russians. Now we're back at the beach. Will you come visit me in prison? And you kiss at me. And, of course, they kiss. So, Alan Arkin ends up at the house looking for Alexei. Carl Reiner pulls up right behind him. He tells him, you wait in the car. And he's loading the gun before he goes in the house. Mm-hmm. It's obvious Carl Reiner has not ever shot a gun before. No. But he knows how to load it. The shotgun. The double and barrel. Alan Arkin... I have Alan Arkin and shots fired. Well, so he they go in and then he they I think they see Alan Arkin and then Alan Arkin he gets in the car and 
because I don't think because Walt hasn't Carl Reiner hasn't gone into the house. He just sees Alan Arkin and Alan Arkin makes a beeline back to his car and he's like, where's my daughter? What did you do? Don't leave or I'll shoot. And he does it. And so then he shoots. He fires up the car. Right. And then they run uh, over. And that's when and like Alexi and Annie come back. Oh, because they checked the house and Alan Arkin checked the house and they weren't in the house because exactly. they were down at the beach. Exactly. And so then they all I thought it was funny that so he shoots into the car and, and Alan Arkin is like slumped over. You don't know what the scene looks like. And by that time, I think even Marie Saint is holding Annie and she like is walking with Annie up to the car next to Carl Reiner to see the carnage that is Alan Arkin. <laughs> I was like, why? Why would why why wouldn't you just hang back or just like put yeah. the kid down and be like no you stay here and your daughter doesn't need to yeah. see that bloodbath but there was no bloodbath there bath. wasn't Alan Arkin was fine and Pete yells at him you better surrender and and Alan Arkin goes uh, wounded in dignity only and uh, Carl Renner goes I was trying to kill you but it wasn't personal <laughs> that was funny. Mm. So the vigilantes have gotten to the dock and they're shooting at the cruiser. And somebody tells them, you're just wasting ammo. It's not getting to the cruiser. So the police chase, chase face off with the vigilantes. Mm-hmm. And Fendel is chasing the police chief. Oh, threatening the police chief with treason. Yeah saying it's a face-off, at which point you see the submarine sailing. Mm-hmm. Alan Arkin, Eva Marie Saint, Carl Reiner, Allison, Annie, Alexei are in a car heading to the boatyard so that they can get back on the submarine, at which point the submarine pulls into the harbor. Yeah, and you're like, and I don't know the townspeople go like, what? Yeah. And so the commander, the the commander of the submarine is talking to Alan Arkin in Russian and you have no idea what they're saying but you can figure out they're saying seven men are missing and in three minutes they're going to destroy the town if they don't have their seven men yeah because the boat hasn't reached them they kind of missed each other exactly and so there's because a countdown it's just been a, a yeah a farce a comedy of errors comedy and, of errors at which point you learn because like then walt kind of tries to get into it and the commander's like who is this guy and he's like that's walt and he's like what do you do and walt's like i believe his wife goes he writes musical comedies <laughs> which was perfect which was perfect and alan arkin calls him whitaker walt you know putting the last name first mm-hmm. whitaker walt so um all of the vigilantes are aiming their guns at the submarine. And so the submarine is aiming their big cannons at the townsfolk. Yeah. And the chief has said he comes up and he's basic. He gets out his like police chief pad and is like, all right. To, and this is to like the Russian commander. You're under arrest. And the Russian commander's like, what? And he doesn't really, he just says something. He says one word, and they turn, like, the big gun, and they point it at the townspeople. And the chief just looks, and he just quietly closes his police book. (laughs) 
<laughs> puts it back in his pocket, and then he just he proceeds to give this speech. He gives a a, a speech about, you know, if if you want if you want to fight, if this is the way you want to go, but know this: we are Americans, and we will fight. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, and the captain is laughing because it's like. You think those guns are going to do anything against my cannons on yeah. that submarine? It's like, come on. So Brian Keith goes, get the women and kids out of here. And Alan Arkin is angry. He says, you stupid idiot. He will blow up your town. Um, okay. Well, then there's these two kids, and they're the t- the back of the town. They're the back of the group of people, and they get the bright idea. They say, hey... Let's go up to the top of the steeple so we can see everything. So, you know, all right, something, obviously something's going to happen with these two kids then. Because there's no reason that they all of a sudden just cut to that. Exactly. And as that's happening, Alan Arkin is translating for the Americans what their what the Russian captain is saying. Mm-hmm. He say, uh, well, first of all... Um, yeah, Brian Keith is saying, you scared our people, you stole from us, you you damaged property, um, but we may not, yeah, you, we may not be as scared as you think. You start shooting and you see what happens. Yeah, okay. So, the kids are up in the steeple, yeah, 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 but one of them starts to slip down the high, high. Well, the, the, at the steeple, there's um, a wooden railing. And one of they one of them falls through the wooden railing gives way and he falls and then it's just a steep decline and he just slides down that and right before he's just gonna like curse splat his belt to his death. Yeah, his belt gets caught on a hook that was holding the gutter. Yeah, so he's just suspended strong enough to be able to hold a child, but. It's okay. It's just per- he just perfectly just hooked it right there. So he's yeah. just suspended, and everyone in the town is like, ah, and everyone instantly freaks out. And everyone, including all of the Russians that are on the submarine that are manning their battle stations and the townspeople, all of them instantly flood to the church and they start making a human ladder. And, and he, even the captain was praying for the child. Yeah, and the and the captain of the the submarine, he's he's in Russian with hand like like trying to be like, hey, like no, you have to make a a para, like a triangle, a pyramid to to be able to go up top. And so it's just man after man climbing over man, Russians, Americans, all joining forces to get this little boy. And who gets the little boy? At the very top. It's Alexei. He's tall. He's athletic, so he has to cl- he has to climb up. He has to use he has to use the gutter to shimmy across with his hands and grab the little boy just before he plummets to his death. They get him all down. The crowd cheers. Even the Ruskies cheered because um, miracles happen mm-hmm. when everybody works together. So there. So it's if you will, and if I may. It was like after World War II. The United States, Russians giving each other high fives. Yeah, we defeated the Nazis. Way to go. I like the way you fight. I like the way you fight. 
Yeah, the way way you rape and plunder wasn't great. But other than that, <sighs> we did defeat the Nazis. Yeah, I mean, that was the goal. At which point, the World War II vet has managed to call the Army, the Navy, and the po- Coast Guard, and they're on their way. He, he radioed them. So, um, so the townspeople are going, get going. It isn't fair. Um, how are we going to, what are we going to do? We can't let the, let them get killed and bombed and blown up. They, they saved our little boy. We work, we all work together. We're not going to let this happen. So what can we do so that the submarine doesn't get bombed? And then Eva Marie Saint's like, guys, I'm not just a pretty face. I've got an idea. Have you all heard of Dunkirk? That's exactly what I wrote down. <laughs> We're going to Dunkirk it. We're going to Dunkirk it, baby. We got the all these boats swells. here. The music swells like, we got all these boats here. We're going to just surround it and give this submarine a caravan. If the United States uh, Air Force, they're not going to bomb a bunch of civilians. And I was like, oh, really? You yeah. want to bet on that? Because this is 19- 1966. Oh, they don't know what the U.S. has been up to in a little place called Vietnam. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> so I was like, damn, that's pretty ballsy. But it was a different yeah, time. Hey. It was ballsy. It was a different time. So the seven, the other, seven other Ruskies arrive on the cruiser. They get on the submarine. All is well. And the Air Force flies over and they see, well, the submarine's getting an escort out to open water. So they return to base and there's a celebration. Alan Arkin salutes. Aunt, little Annie throws him a kiss. And at this point, the drunk finally got on his horse. Mm-hmm. Finally made it. So, um, announcing Russians. That's what I have as the last thing. Announce announcing Russians. Russians. Huh. Well, that's yeah. a note. <laughs> that's an interesting thing. I think it was a celebration had by all. The <laughs> Russians get out of town safely. Nobody got killed. Oh, and Alan Arkin gave Eva Marie Saint a little extra back. And yeah. Carl Reiner looked at it and he gave him, he gave him the like, nah, all right, I, all right, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Truth be told, yeah, you earned yeah. that. Okay, fine. And that's the end. That's the end. So this, mu- this movie had a budget of $3.9 million. Its box office was $21 million. So... I'm guessing that's pretty good. It's one of the few films mentioned in congressional record um, because both sides, the United States and the Russians, were um, pretty impressed with the film. They were like, oh, it humanized. Is that a word? Humanized. Humanized. Yeah, and it did really well in Russia. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was at that time during the Cold War. Look at what compromise can do. Yeah. And the townspeople. So this was even though it took place in old. What's it called? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. It was actually the town stuff was shot in northern California. Mendocino. Yeah, Mendocino. And the uh, harbor stuff was shot at Fort Bragg, California. Which I was like, Fort Bragg, California? I thought that was North Carolina. But I guess there's two Fort Braggs. There must be. Mm-hmm. And and they had to work to... Uh, something with the sunrise and the sunset. 
Yeah, because since it was the sunrise, they actually shot the sunset, but they put a filter on it. Like right, to make it filter. look like the sunrise, since right. that happens, for those of you who have not been to both coasts. And yeah. the townspeople, they were so excited to be extras in the film that every night they would go, they actually screened the the, ex, the dailies or the, the rushes for them. And so every night they would all, the people's families and everybody would go just to see the, all the different takes that had been shot. Yeah. Um, That's fun. That was fun. They weren't, the United States would not let the production borrow a U.S. sub, nor would they allow them to bring a Soviet sub to the U.S. Right. So the art department had to build the Russian sub. And they said in some scenes you could see the four different sections of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be looking for that because I didn't see it. <laughs> I am observant when I'm watching these movies. I had no idea. It just looked menacing to me. It so won- not only did Alan Arkin speak fluent Russian, but so did Brian Keith. Really? Yeah. Who's Brian Keith? He was the the cap the. Um, no, I know he was the chief, but why is like? Am I supposed? Because you you said it all during the thing. Oh, like I'm supposed to know uh, who he, he is. He was in this TV show. Oh, I wonder what it was called. <laughs> um, and he was like an uncle, and he his brother or sister had a family of a, a teenage daughter, and then a boy and girl twins. And something happened to the parents, and they had to come live with him and his butler. And the little girl had a doll named Mrs. Beasley. What was the name of that show? Okay, you stretch. I'll go ahead and look for it. I I was trying to look for it, but that's okay. I know how to stretch. Unlike some people who go, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this film... It was Alan Arkin's film debut, and he got, he won the Golden Globe for best, wait, did he win the Golden Globe? Oh, no, this movie, yes, he actually did win the Golden Globe for best actor in a musical or comedy in 1966, and the film won best picture for musical or comedy in 1966. Golden Globe, yes? Yes, Golden Globe, and it was nominated for the Oscars in Best Picture, and it was nominated along with Alfie, The Sand Pebbles, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and A Man for All Seasons. Oh. Do you know which movie won? I'm going to go with Alfie. No. A Man for All Seasons won. Yeah. And you know who was in that? Uh, Paul Schofield, because he won Best Actor. He defeated Alan Arkin. Was Catherine Hepburn not in A Man for All Seasons? A Man for All Seasons. Well, now you have to stretch while I look it up. Okay, so the name of the TV show was A Family Affair. And it was it was a it was a popular TV show in the sixties. He was also in uh, the movie The Parent Trap. He was in a lot of TV shows, oh, including the Brian Keith show. I don't remember that one. Hardcastle and McCormick. So, um, yeah, he he saw a lot of film roles and a lot of uh, TV work. No, she was not in A Man for All Seasons. 
Oh, I'm sorry, you can't do your Catherine then. I know. Oh well. Oh, what? So, um, also to update our POC counter. Oh, well, wow, that's, that's not going to be a hard thing to count this, this week. Yeah, that's a zero. There are no people of color in this film. There was no, there was no hired help. None. There were no train conductors. Nope. There were no... Maids. Maids. Nope. Nope. No field hands. Mm -mm. Town, even the town drunkard, white. Yeah. Yep. Which is good. We don't want the one, we don't want, we'd rather have no people of color than the town drunk to be a person of color. Oh, well, hmm, that is, that's a, hmm, hmm, that's a, that's, that's quite a predicament. Huh. Mm. I, yeah, I, I guess so, I guess so. So, I mean, that's how that island was living, 1966. Oh, Reminds me a lot of one we're going to do later during the holidays. It's a mad, 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 mad world mm -hmm. with the chase scene and everything. You so know, and it, it was just, a fun one to watch. And it just, um, you know, how people, how, how people get scared and their fears. And then they just kind of, you know, the mob mentality. And it just, you know, people just stop listening. And how rumors get started and spread. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, and it was just this, these guys, they, he had never, the captain had never been that close to America and he just wanted to get a glimpse and he just went too far and he ran aground. Yeah. Because he's just so curious. Which so, I can understand. Yeah. What does it look like? What is it? <laughs> All right, so what are we doing next week? Well, next week we're going to take a total left turn from The Russians Are Coming. Um, a lot of my friends and a couple of our listeners are very into uh, Hallmark Channel at this time of year, watching the Snooze Fest romantic comedies that all have the same uh, storyline. Is, is it just this time of year, though? Well, that the that the the holiday ones, the Christmas ones. That's I mean, holiday, all they're watching uh, it for. Hallmark always has, yeah, those um, those lovely little romantics going on. But um, I decided to do a blast uh, from the past tr true romance movie, which has thrilled Aaron no end. Hey. You know, hey, but it's got Cary Grant. How bad can it be? It's got Deborah Kerr. It is on our list of, of things that viewers asked for us to review. So we're listening to our viewers. 
And it is an affair to remember. I'm actually looking forward to this because I know that there's a lot of hidden comedy in this movie that y'all just don't know yet. <laughs> and you will find it. And that's why we, we are such a team. Mm-hmm. To my, the many listeners who gave us feedback about it sounded like I was a little under the weather last week. I want you all to know I'm feeling much better. And thank you for your kind words of support. <laughs> oh, you were sick last week? <laughs> I just thought we had a weird connection. Uh, uh-huh. hmm. We hope you enjoyed this week of Gone with the Bushes. And is there anything else? thought maybe you would sign out at that point no no this is always probably our uh our weakest moment of the podcast is the outro the weakest link the weakest link maybe next week we have to talk about this before we actually go on air hey you know sometimes we've been known to not even know what movie we're doing next week at least we got that right that's right and we had actually talked about it and done a little research but not that much Catherine Hepburn is not in this movie as well. <laughs> I never said she. I oh, no, did. she might be. This might be her her last little. That's what I said, and you said no. No, I thought you meant as the uh, female lead. No, I thought she had like a cameo in it. Well, we're gonna find out, and you might want to look. But she couldn't, Ma. She think about it. She couldn't. This is 1957. We did Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which was 1967. Oh, it wouldn't have been her. No. Finale. Oh, okay. Logic wins again. Well, and somebody's thinking about it, so that's a a young mind for you, people. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. See you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, tell your friends and family about us if you think they'll like us. And if you don't think they will, then just keep us your little secret. It's a safe It's a safe Thanksgiving dinner topic. It is. Old movies. I mean, yeah. you don't have to bring up the, you know, the people of color counter that we do. That, that, that might be a fun surprise for them. But yeah, maybe zig when you thought they would zag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you might be... It might be your most uh, disappointing Thanksgiving ever. Who knows? Yeah. Just join the club on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye.